You gotta watch out for these drivers in Hilo, I tell you. These guys, they're making U-turns in odd places. But really, when it comes to our life, sometimes the road to success and the road to a dead end oftentimes are the same road. We just have to figure out when God speaks to us, are we going to obey or disobey? You know what is interesting about obedience with God is there's a, there's a, a thing called delayed obedience. You know, we, we tend to put things off, and when God speaks to us, we kind of hold off. But delayed obedience is still disobedience because life comes at us quickly. And so in this series, as we conclude this series today, how do I succeed really is, is going to help us to understand how do I live this new life as a believer now, as a believer in Christ? Because I don't know if you've noticed, but the moment you receive Jesus, everything changes. Everything changes. Why? Because now our spirit came to life. Now we, we are looking at life from a different perspective, no longer with our flesh or with our old nature. Now we're looking at it from a, from a spiritual perspective. In other words, the Bible says you don't walk by sight anymore. You walk by faith. And so we still see things, but God is saying, I'm going to speak to your spirit now, and it's with your spirit that you're going to obey my voice. The flesh is going to fight against the spirit, but oh, should the spirit win. And God says that that's how you're going to find success. See, we all have different definitions of success. So we got to really find out what does success look like? Is success obtaining things? Is it having more? Because if that's true, then why aren't those who are successful in that way that they have and they don't lack why do they still feel empty? See, success has to be more than obtaining things or accomplishing great things. It has to be more than that. And God is going to teach us how we can succeed and what that looks like. In fact, coming up is our election day, right? Some of you had early voting, and so you did that. And so we want to we want to live successful in this country. We want to have a successful president. We, we want that. Yet for some of us, we're wondering, well, how do we vote? I don't know, I don't know which candidate to vote for, and I don't know how to do this. Uh, people have been asking me for advice, and I can't tell you who to vote for, but God can. You seek him, and he'll let you know. In fact, he gave me 10 things for me to ponder on that has helped me, and I want to pass this on to you because I want to be successful at voting. This is what I want to, I want to do well. So I, I just put 10 thoughts together when I'm voting. And, and if this helps you, great. If not, you can toss it on the side. But this is just where I'm at. So here's the first thing that I'm learning. No matter who is president, the government will still rest on his shoulders. That's what Isaiah tells us, the book of Isaiah. That for unto us a son is born, unto us a, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will rest on his shoulders. And speaking of Christ. The second thing I'm learning is that no president alone has made our country great. It has always been the people and the Lord God. The third thing is no matter who the president is, it doesn't change who I am as a believer. Number four, it will be Jesus and the church that will bring hope to the world, not the president. Number five, no matter who I vote for, I am not responsible for their actions. Number six, even if there was a president whom I would agree with, they will still make decisions I just won't like. Number seven, when I vote, I am voting, trusting that the Lord is speaking to me more than the policies of a candidate. 
Number eight, compared to the kingdom of God, which God has given to us as believers, the United States of America is just so small. So it's still, we, we are still given responsibility as believers. Number, eight, uh, number nine, the government is not responsible to raise children. Parents are. So that has helped me big time. The last thing, I got to remember, there are four candidates to choose from, so choose wisely. See, I think some of us, we're trying to figure out how do we do this and how, how, do we, how do we not make wrong decisions, even when it comes to voting. But really, if you're listening to God's voice, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. You can take out your notes as we talk about how do I succeed and, and what does that look like? Because no matter what direction we go, especially in our world, in our country, no matter what direction we go, God is not surprised He's not taking off guard. He's not, he's not shaking his head thinking, what am I going to do? No, he knows exactly what is happening. He's just looking toward, to us and saying, you're my people. And if you're going to be successful in life, you got to decide what that looks like in your life. While one road can lead to a dead end, another can lead to great success. It all depends what road you're on. You can be successful in one area and unsuccessful in another area. And at the same time, that still can be good because there's some areas where we just shouldn't be successful in. And God's going to help us to kind of balance out what life should look like. You know, I, I remember going to a, it might have been a, a mall somewhere. All I know is there were a lot of, there were a lot of people shopping and I, I saw some moms with their children. Uh, and you know that, I don't know what they call that. It's, a, it's like a backpack that the kids go in, but there's no zippers. It's a carrier kind of thing. And, you know, the ch child's legs are out and the hands are out. And, and the mom is free to, you know, use her hands to shop, I guess, or whatever else and eat. And the child can fall asleep. And, and so the child is right next to the mom. So what, what, whatever that thing is. There's also another thing that I saw on a mommy. Uh, and it was attached to her side. And it was connected to the child. And it was like a leash. So I see, I see these mommies with, with babies in backpacks and, and connected to them with leashes. And I'm, I'm watching this and I'm thinking, why would you put a leash on a child? It's not an animal. And then you put them in backpacks? How, why would you do something like that? It almost looked like bad parenting. And then I took my grandkids to the mall. And then I was like, give me that backpack with zippers and give me some leashes, some shock collars, something. Because these kids, they'll, I mean, without even, you blink, they're gone. And so I realized these moms, they're doing, they're doing themselves a good service by taking good care of their children. You know what they're doing? They want their children right next to them. Because they love them. They care. And that's, that's a picture that God wants for us. That he's given us a relationship with him so that we can stay near to him because he loves us. He wants us to stay that close to him. It's amazing that we, we live in a world that, that connects us with other things really well. But then when it comes to God, we don't do so well sometimes in that area. And maybe today God is saying, I, I want you to understand and learn what it means to be successful and to be connected to me. See, we have so much zeal. We have so much energy, just like children. It, if children don't have guidance, they'll go all over the place. They'll go wherever they want to, not where they should. 
God is saying, with your zeal that you have as believers, even as people on this earth, you're going to need to stay close to me because you're going to go to places that you want to go, but you shouldn't go. You're going to take some turns in life that look good and feel great, but it's the wrong turn. You got to recalculate and come back to me. You got to recalibrate your heart and head in my direction. That's our spiritual life with God. We're constantly recalculating and saying, God, I'm, I'm going down this road. I don't know how I got here. Or you, you, you hit a dead end and you're saying, God, what happened? And we reach that destination and we're wondering, how did I end up here? Or maybe you're, you're still driving right now in life and, and things are going great. And God is blessing you. And you're at a season of life where you just love what's happening. And God is saying, well done. You've been doing a great job. How do we know which way to turn in life? How do we know what success looks like in our relationships? How do we know what decision to make and, and when to make that turn if we need to? And what if we're heading down a dead end that we don't know we're heading towards? And with all the energy that we have, how do we stay close to God? If we don't have the wisdom to go along with this energy and the zeal that we have, then we're always going to head towards trouble and danger. And so God helps us in being successful. In fact, Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 3, it helps us. And you can, you can follow along in your notes. It says this, Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. So when, when the Bible is instructing us about what has happened with the Israelites, basically what the Bible is telling us is the Israelites knew about God. They knew the ways of God. They were his chosen people. But they didn't submit to his righteousness. And so they, they followed their own way. And God's righteousness is his son, Jesus Christ. And it's in Christ that we can find righteousness. For the Bible tells us that we are righteous before God because of what Christ has done. And so with God's righteousness, we're able to find the right way for success. Now, we can look at success and say, oh, success is getting things. But success really is more, a, it's more of a lifestyle rather than obtaining something. And as a, as a parent or maybe you're a school teacher or uh, maybe you're a business owner, what does success look like to you? Because we're going to oftentimes feel unsuccessful. And the Bible is telling us, you know that zeal that you have? Zeal without knowledge, it will, it will never end successful. It'll be, it'll be unsuccessful because you have zeal without knowledge. That energy is going to take you to places you shouldn't go. And so the Bible is trying to help us to balance that out. In Proverbs 19, verses 2 and 3, the Bible tells us, Desire without knowledge is not good. How much more will hasty feet miss the way? A person's own folly leads to their ruin, yet their heart rages against the Lord. In other words, we, we have this desire sometimes in, in, in all of us that we want to be successful. We want to do well. We want to make more money. We want to have more things. We want to get more uh, or get a new thing. And God says, hang on. He says, hang on. If, if you're looking 
for just the desire side of it and just wanting and, and you have all this zeal but no wisdom, then your feet will miss the way. You're going to stray off the path that I have for you, the road that leads to life, and you're going to go down some trails you really don't want to end up in. And he says, so you need this wisdom to go along with your zeal. See, the road to success and, and the road to destruction are oftentimes the same road. So the question is, how do we succeed? How do, how do we succeed in our marriages, our families? How do we succeed in life or in school or in our character or in the way we think? So we're going to look at three ways that will help us in how to be successful, how to succeed. And here's the first thing. You've got to have the right, you have to have the proper power source. Like we, we, we have a certain amount of power, as it were, with deciding. That's a powerful thing that God gave to us. Will self and determination we can we can choose our own way we have choice it's a powerful thing to have but i will need the proper power source and 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 god has given that to us through the person of the holy spirit the bible tells us that the holy spirit is the guide unto all truth that tells us that truth needs a guide we need to be guided for truth otherwise we'll we'll go wherever we want we will We'll listen for what sounds good and then follow that. And we feel unsuccessful, not when we don't make a name for ourselves or when our bank account is empty. We feel unsuccessful when our soul is empty. Even though we've accomplished much, even though we've obtained much, we feel unsuccessful because our soul is empty. Romans 8, verse 2, it tells us, And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. See, whatever, whatever sin that has led you to the death of maybe a dream or the, or the death of, 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 of a family, you know, your, your family is falling apart because there's sin in there. He's given us a life-giving spirit, not a spirit that leads to death. He's given us a spirit that leads to life. That's the power that he's given to us. And he says this this spirit has freed you from the death of sin. You're free from that. So what is this power source? What is this life-giving spirit? 2 Timothy 1 verse 14 says, through the power of the, say it together, Holy Spirit. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. Did you know that you and I, when we said yes to the Lord, we all have been given this power source through the person of the Holy Spirit. And he says, you got to guard that because it's been entrusted to you. And so we guard it because we have a tendency to disobey truth. It's just inside of us. Our flesh, our old nature, our humanity hates truth. We need his spirit to obey truth. The other day, I was um, exercising, running, jogging down my street, but I took my dog with us, and, and uh, he's, he's not a big dog, but big compared to some of the other dogs that kind of run around in our area, and sometimes they tease him because he's fenced in, and so when I'm running with him, here you have these little dogs, and my dog is maybe around 80 pounds, uh, and, and so, well, it might be big according to your dog. Maybe your dog is, you know, two ounces, and so this is a, kind of a big dog, but so I'm running with my dog. And then here come these other little doggies, 
like these little treats for him, right? It's, it's just bark, 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 and barking at him. And, and so I'm running with him, and his name is Bull. And so I say, no, Bull, no, no. And as we're running, he's looking at him like, oh, I want to get him. Come on, Dad, can I go get him? I'm like, no, Bull, just keep, no, no. Like talking to dogs, but it was working. So he kept his eyes straight, but he once in a while would turn. And I said, no, no, no. And I would run with him. So finally we would pass those dogs. But now we got to turn around. And as we're coming back, here come those dogs. And I am tempted to kind of just let some slack, you know, just to scare them. But I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's, let's run straight. So I keep telling him, no, no, no. And finally, I mean, it's like he couldn't take it anymore. He looked at me, and he looked at the dogs, and he rushed really quickly. And I had to yank him real quick. I said, no, 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 Bo, no. And we kept running. And as we're running, he looks back, and I said, no, no. I said no about 50 times, no, no. In a short amount of like a 10-yard stretch, no. Sounds like parents with kids, no, no, no. So finally, we got past all the dogs. And then as we're running, I was like, good boy, good boy. Way to go, Bo. No more time for those little puppies. No more time. We're running. We're exercising. You, you're putting on some weight. We're running two miles today. I said, good boy, good boy. You know, he's just running, feeling good. And I thought, I'm just like my dog with God. I'm just like that. I want to do something. God says, no. Do the Holy Spirit. No, no. I'm like, but I want to. No, no. Don't say that. But I'm right. No, no. But Heidi's wrong. No, no, no. And sometimes you feel that rage. You just want to attack. And it's like the Holy Spirit saying, no, no, no. Because we don't have time for that. That's not the road we're on. We're, we're, we're heading towards a destination for success. And God says, no, that's not for you. But you know what we do? Because we have the freedom to choose, and this is very dangerous, we take off the leash and we disobey God. And it's almost like God's saying, you know, I... I I know the plans that I have for you. They're for your good. It's to give you a future and the hope that you're, you're heading someplace. I see success in your life, but if you keep chasing these little things, you're going to miss your destination. In other words, when you keep disobeying, you're going to end up in a place and you're going to reach your destination. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather reach his destination. His, his destination is, is far better than the ones that we have for ourselves. And you know what the Holy Spirit does as we continue to obey? Even though a struggle, you will hear it. He'll say, good boy, good boy, good girl, good job, well done, good and faithful servant. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit encourages us. He guides us. And he lets us know when we're doing well and when we're going astray. You once in a while feel a nudge. Once in a while you'll feel a yank because the Holy Spirit is saying, that, that no, no, that's no, not good for you. But more than that, it's, it's really staying close to him, staying connected to him. And so what we do is not only, not only do we say, well, then I want to I wanna stay close to you. But the second thing is to use our influence because God gives us all influence Influence for good, not for evil. Every single person has influence. It could be in school. It could be in your family, in the marketplace. Everyone has influence. Even in church, every one of us 
has influence. And so God says, I want you to use that influence for good. See, we all have a tendency to, to do evil. Like, it's, it's inside of us to do wrong. And the moment we sense that, even as a young child, when we sense that, we gravitate towards that because it's powerful that we got to choose to do something bad. It's like when you taste something, it's like, ooh, this thing is spoiled. Taste this. It's like, why do we share bad stuff? It's like, oh, that smells horrible. Give this to your sister. Tell her smell this. It's like, why, why are we doing that? It's just, it's inside of us. But God is saying, don't, you don't use your influence for bad. Use it for good because we have tendencies inside of us. That's why we need that power source. We need him to guide us. But we also need to use our influence for good and not for evil. See, when you understand that you have a power source to empower you to do good through the person of the Holy Spirit, you're able to use your influence for good. But we got to understand something. The Holy Spirit has qualities that are in us. It, that the Holy Spirit is not, is not separated from the qualities that belong to us. Because he's going he's gonna to live in and through us. The power to understand, the power to will, the power to do and to act, to call, to feel, to love. The Holy Spirit is more than just influence. But he'll use our influence in which to work through. Because it's not us anyway. It's going to be him working in and through us. The, act, the acts that we, we perform or the deeds, the good deeds, are performed by him. He just uses our influence. He just uses us as a conduit in which to love people, in which to do good works. That's why Romans 12, 21 reminds us, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, we can take it a little a step further and, and, and be good for the sake of making someone feel bad. That's not what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying, you know when evil is happening? That's your indication that you can overcome it by doing good, do, doing good works. Let the Holy Spirit move in and through you and just do what God is asking you to do in these good works. This is, why, this is why being a witness for God is so important. This is why being, being his, his ambassador, as the Bible calls us, is very, is very important in our world today. Because of being his witness, people are going to watch us in order for them to understand what kind of God we serve. That word witness actually means someone who has observed something take place and are able to give an accurate and full account of what has happened. In other words, you know when we got saved, when we said yes to him, we are witnesses to a life that has been changed. And so with that witness that we saw that this life has been changed or in other people, he says, now you be my witnesses to other people. In the book of Acts, when the church is being birthed and the apostles are, are, are speaking of this good news of Jesus Christ and giving hope to the world, they're, they're, they're experiencing something that Jesus said would happen. And he said this in Acts 1 verse 8, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem is where they were 
Judea is the, the region they were in, and Samaria was farther, and then to the outer ends of the earth. In other words, the Lord is telling us, to be my witness, it starts from the inside out. It starts in us, and then in our homes, our families, and then so forth. And he says, you will be that which I will use to tell people about me. I'm going to use you. You're going to be my witness. In other words, I am going to use you to add flavor to this world that has been flavorless. That's why we had our salt conference. It's reminding us that we all serve and learn together, but we are to salt the earth. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 50, Jesus says, salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor... How do you make it salty again? You must have the qualities of salt among yourselves and live in peace with each other. In other words, in order to succeed, you must be a success in your qualities. Those qualities must be there. You know what Jesus is saying? It's what you're made of. That's going to determine your success. Not what you make out in life, what you're made of, who you're becoming. What do you look like at home? What are you like at work, in school, or when no one is looking, when no one's watching? First Thessalonians 5.11 tells us, So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Yeah, Paul the Apostle was speaking this to the church in Thessalonica, and he's telling them, listen, you know when you encourage each other? Yeah, you keep doing that. Keep doing that. Use your influence for good. You're building each other up because the world needs that. You want to be successful? That's where it is. You got to build each other up. In the world, you tear each other down to climb up the ladder. And God says, no, no, you build each other up. That's what's going to bring you true success. But it's, it's tough because we get busy. We want to do more. We want to obtain more. And the reality is we have bills to pay. But here's something that may help us, and this one is a little, it's, it's tough. Here's the last thing. Do less to accomplish more. Do less to accomplish more. That we manage our time better or we delegate better or we be consistent in, in, in our goals and we focus better. We learn how to say no to things that don't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter right now. It's just things that weigh us down. Create boundaries, put Protect your boundaries. And we can do, we can accomplish more by doing less. And it's not about having more, it's being more. And so there are a lot of things that we can cut out and some things we need to learn. In fact, one of the hardest things we as Americans don't do is a thing called vacations. Americans waste 438 million days of vacation per year. We just don't take vacation. And part of it is, if I take a vacation, then when I come back, the work is all piled up, so I don't take vacation because it's worse. But sooner or later, a vacation will happen. With or without our permission. And so it's, it's really, how do we do more with less? Well, there is a way to do that. And the, and the Bible teaches us how to do that. Because sometimes we spread ourselves so thin to succeed 
only to end up succeeding in spreading ourselves thin. That we try so hard to, to do well and we, we want more, more and we need more. And, but now, because of spreading ourselves so thin, we're just successful at that. So we have thin amounts of time for family. We have, we have thin amounts of time to, to hope and to dream. We succeed at just being thin in life. Too bad it didn't work for weight. That would be good, but it doesn't. It just works and, and, and goes against us when it comes to succeeding in life. And we live a thinned life, not a full life. James chapter 2, verse 26 tells us, For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. See, without our spirit, our bodies are just a shell, a corpse with no life in it. And so it is with faith and works. Without good works, faith is just a shell, a corpse with no life in it. So how do you accomplish more with less? If, if faith and works go together, how do I accomplish more by doing less? Well, the German reformer, Martin Luther, he says it like this. He says, oh, it is a living, busy, active, mighty thing, this faith. It is impossible for it not to be doing good things incessantly or constantly or without interruption. It does not ask whether good works are to be done, but before the question is asked, it has already done this and is constantly doing them. Whoever does not do such works, however, is an unbeliever. He gropes and looks around for faith and good works, but knows neither what faith is nor what good works are. Yet he talks and talks with many words about Faith and good works. Do we think we think success is accomplishing something great, having more, more notoriety, more money, more prestige? But success is not about accomplishing. Success is about becoming. That we're becoming someone. Some of us think success is having more, but really no amount of success in the marketplace will ever make up for failure at home. It's who we're becoming. Who has God called me to be? Who am I on the inside? Where's my character at? Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 encourages us that therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Did you know that every sin has weight? But not every weight has sin. Yeah, we can, we can go to God and, and, and ask him for forgiveness of our sins, but it's the weight in our lives that aren't sinful necessarily. It's just added weight onto our lives that we can throw off. We can make that decision. In fact, this metaphor that is used in this scripture is to an athlete that we run this race with endurance. The, this race that has been set before us, we run with endurance only when we can take off all the weight. In other words, it's an athlete's term that an athlete in order for them to run the race with endurance, will not weigh themselves down during the, the race. They'll do it during practice. They'll do it during training. But when they step onto the starting line, 
they will use the lightest material possible because they don't want any weight to weigh them down. And that's how we can run with endurance. And this race that is set before us, it's set before us. Sorry to say, but we don't choose the race. God gave us this race to run. Now, within this race, wherever we're heading, we can make our own decisions. We're free to do that. But he says, you know, everyone has been given a life to live. He gave us this life, this race to run. And he believes so much in you and the race that is set before you that you can accomplish that. That's why he gave you that race. No one else can run your race, nor can you run anyone else's. You run your race and you run it well. You don't need to compare yourself to the person next to you. In fact, when you run your race, you're supposed to look straight ahead. Otherwise, you slow down, you get distracted, or you can trip and fall. God says, I set, a, I set you in this race, and I know what I'm doing. And you run with endurance. You do that by, by doing less. Whatever is weighing you down, you can toss on the side. John chapter 15, verse 2 it gives us that illustration of the vine and the branch that every branch in me, and this is Jesus speaking, that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that he may bear more fruit. In other words, there are certain areas in our life that may look like it's doing well, but if God says, you got to prune that in order to be fruitful here, then we got to trust him that he's going to make our lives more fruitful in this area. I had to trim th- some things from my life that, I, that were fruitful in order for me to be more fruitful in my family. And that gave me more of a success story than I could have otherwise. It's like God telling us, it's okay to prune some things so long as you're pruning towards fruitfulness in who you're becoming, not in just obtaining things. And the whole point in bearing fruit in our lives is becoming more and more the person that God sees us to be. Your character, your integrity, your purity, your righteousness. Because everything else will flow out of who you and I are becoming. That's where success will flow out of. But in order for us to bear more fruit, we have to prune what may be weighing you down. That's why I like how Proverbs tells us it's, it helps us with this This mindset in Proverbs 16, verse 9, a man's heart plans his way. And let's read this part together. Ready? Go. But the Lord directs his steps. I'm so glad for that. I'm so glad that we're not on our own. I'm so glad that, God, we can have desires. We can have a heart to do things and passion to do something. But he says, but I'm going to direct your steps because you need direction. And when you let the Lord direct your steps, you don't achieve success. You live it out. You become success. As John 3.30 lets us know simply, he must become greater. I must become less. It's a clear picture of how we can do more or accomplish more by doing less. It's becoming more like him. More like him, less of me. So whatever race is set before you, as a father, a mother, uh, maybe you're in school or wherever you may be, a business owner, whatever position you hold at work, it could be a farmer, a doctor, it could be retired, son or daughter, whatever race you're in, to succeed, just leash yourself to the power source of the Holy Spirit. 
You stay connected to him, your source of power. Use your influence for good, not for evil. And lay aside whatever it is that's, that has ensnared you and has weighed you down. And then you run the race with endurance. Whatever race has been set before you, you run with endurance. We have these uh, two missionaries, uh, Hal and Lana Jones. And, boy, they, they may not look successful. Uh, like a success in the eyes of the world because they're not up front. They're not receiving all these rewards. But they're around the world continuously reaching out to people with the hope of Jesus Christ. When the world looks at these two people, they'll say, not too successful because what do you have to show for it? You don't have a big home. You don't have a lot of money. You don't have cars. But in the eyes of God, their life is a success. In fact, today is our Mission Sunday, and, and we're going we're gonna to take a look at a, a video of Hal and Lana, and just to hear their story about what God is doing through them. Now, I want to um, uh, give you a kind of like a disclaimer. Because they're in dangerous parts of the world, we're asking that you not video or take a picture of uh, what we're about to show and post it because uh, that would just put their life in danger. Uh, sometimes we do that out of the goodness of our heart. We say, hey, some missionaries, uh, we want to pray for them. So let's not do that. In fact, we can't even post this online for our, um, for our app or our YouTube channel, but we can still pray for them. I, I just want us to hear, all of us hear, how God uses their influence for good, and then we'll pray together, and then we'll be dismissed. Let's, let's. What a great work they're doing. You know, we get to participate in that, and you know, when God looks upon us and, and what's happening in our world, we're not defeated because of Jesus. We can only be successful in life because he is success. And when we draw close to him, he says he'll draw close to us. And so fear not. In fact, he tells us that. He says, don't be afraid. When you see all these things happening in the world, don't be afraid. I am with you. I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. So whatever road we're on, whatever race we're running, whatever happens that is dear to us, even close to us, even losing loved ones, losing our, our jobs and, and struggling, he says, I'm still with you. you stay close to me. I, I will provide for you. I will be with you. I'm not going to leave you. He made that promise. He overcame death. So that we, when we experience some deaths, he says, I can resurrect. I have that power. Let's just stay close to that power source. Amen. We're going to close in prayer. We're going to pray for Hal and Lana as well as over this special offering. And if God puts it on your heart, you can give. If not, don't worry about it. We can still pray for them that God would provide. Just don't feel pressured. Well, let's pray. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to give to you. We do pray for Hal and Lana as they go around the world and in some dangerous places, Lord, we, we want to support them, not just financially, but spiritually. We, we pray for your covering over them, your protection over them, your guidance. And even the most remote, remote places, you will make a way for them to reach people for you. Even for those that would deny you and those who have denied you throughout their entire life or they've been taught to deny you, Lord, I pray you give them a new set of eyes as well as a heart to follow after you. So we pray over them and this offering that we get to give to you. Lord, I pray a blessing over all of us. And 
And even for those that might be here today, maybe today they're saying, you know, I, I want Jesus in my life. I want him in my heart. I just don't know how to do that. How do I give Christ my heart? Well, we're going to say a prayer together. And if that's you, as we say this prayer, you just mean it with all of your heart and you make this decision to follow him. And as we conclude this series, let's pray this prayer together. But especially for those who are saying yes to Jesus for the first time, let's pray this together. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Make me brand new. I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the grave to give me eternal life. Help me to be successful as a parent the position that I hold as a believer. I put my faith and trust in you. I pray this in your name. With every head bowed and eyes closed, if you just said that prayer for the first time, you gave Jesus your heart today, you made that decision, would you just lift a hand real briefly? I just want to pray over you that God would bless you today and, and give you new eyes and new vision for your life. If you said yes to Jesus today for the first time, just raise your hand. Yeah, God sees you. God bless you. Back there, God sees you. He heard your prayer. Yeah, anybody else? Okay, yeah, God sees you. God definitely sees and hears you. God hears you. He sees you. Yeah. Okay, you put your hands down. God sees you back there. Lord, I, I thank you for those that made this decision. It's an eternal decision. And all of heaven rejoices because of this decision. And they have heaven to look forward to. Their eternity has been sealed by the blood of Jesus, and we're so thankful for that. Lord, I pray for all of us that as we conclude this series, we will never forget how to live this life as a believer in you. Let us stay close to you. And as we do, you will always draw near to us. We thank you for being a wonderful father. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said together, 